Well, welcome back to the CauseCon Podcast. My name is Matt Stout, and I'm coming to you from Blue Root Vineyard right outside of Philadelphia. It's my privilege and a pleasure to host this podcast. I hope it finds you well wherever you might find yourself in the world listening in from. Well, we've been hearing so many good things about what God has done at CauseCon 2016 in Kansas City, and our dream and our goal here with the monthly podcast is to help this catalytic event become a continual process of engaging our head and our heart and our hands in partnership with God and His mission in the world. Well, today we have the privilege to hear from Amanda Nash from Vineyard Columbus and one of our CauseCon speakers. Uh, We do want to apologize for some of the sound quality. We had some technical difficulty with our audio devices, but Amanda has some really powerful things to share with us today, so let's listen in. We have the privilege today to have Amanda Nash from Vineyard Columbus, one of the speakers from CauseCon in Kansas City with us. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Amanda, it's great to have impacted and affected you. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed uh, speaking at Cause. I just, I enjoyed preparing for it. I really enjoyed being there. There was such fun energy in the room. Um, I just can't even tell you getting to stand up and just getting to talk to people who are really hungry and are excited and want to do something for God, still believe that they can change the world, not jaded, um, just wanting to see God use them for his kingdom. That was just so energizing and so fun. I had so many conversations over the conference that just, um, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was just surprised. Um, that my talk has impact. It's just, it's fun to know, hey, my story is meaningful to other people and um, can help other people process through their own story and their own um, journey with God. So I just had a, a number of conversations with different women, especially over the weekend, young women who have a call on their life to pastor and to lead, to do mission, to do ministry. I just loved hearing their story and got to hear how God was working in them and calling them really clearly into ministry. So that's always my sweet spot as a pastor and as a woman. I love to see other women, young women, getting it and getting it early on. Um, Like, I I didn't get it really early on, so I just get really jazzed by that. It also, it was a good, it was a good experience just hearing our vineyard values uh, in a concentrated way. And, and I just love meeting the other speakers and hearing from some other people in our movement who are thinking about compassion, who are thinking about the Holy Spirit, um, who are thinking about evangelism and even hearing, you know, on my own topic with Josh talking about diversity. It was just really exciting to me. It gave me hope for our movement that the future is good. It looks good. So yeah, it was a great time for me. That's awesome. Uh, I've definitely heard a lot of good feedback, a lot of uh, kind of rippling of your talk and your time in Kansas City. Uh, maybe uh, tell us a little bit of just kind of, you mentioned that things kind of like fell into place or kind of came together a little bit later on for you. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, well, um I came to know Jesus around the age of 16, and I thought I should go be a missionary. And so I actually, the next year, 
I ripped up all my college applications and, you know, my parents weren't, they weren't really following Jesus. And so they were really panicked, um, thinking, who is this crazy person? She's ripping up her college applications and wants to go be a missionary. Um, but they basically forbid me. And I ended up going to a college that I, it wasn't even one of my preferred colleges. It was sort of, but now I'm at this school and I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. And, when I was there, I got into a, a ministry that was a, um, they preached subordination of women. So there was this idea that I couldn't lead as a woman. And I'd never heard that before because I'd grown up in a real liberal household with no Christian values. And my mom was a real strong woman. But now here I am. I want to follow Jesus. And these guys are telling me, hey, you can't be the leader. You need to wait for a man to lead you. And you have to date a person that he can lead you and you can submit to him and um, you can't really lead Bible studies, but you can help and you can assist. Um, all of these qualities I felt the Lord given me, uh, I just felt like I couldn't use them. So in high school, I started a Bible study. It blew up to like 40 people. And then in college, it was like, no, you're not supposed to do that. That's, that's not your role um, in Jesus. And so that just created a real confusion of vocation for me. And I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I just really questioned a lot so through my college years and early 20s, whether or not I should be doing ministry, doing leadership. So I ended up doing some research um, in college. What does the Bible really say about leadership? And that was spurned on a little bit by the research that Vineyard Columbus was doing at the time. That was when they were making the decision about women holding any leadership leadership position in the vineyard. I really got to wrestle with scripture because I had a high view of scripture. I wanted to live my life according to the scriptures and I wanted to be obedient to Jesus. And that, that process for me was really important. Um, but I had been kind of set up with a, with a difficult, you know, in a difficult place where I thought the people that I respected were saying, this is bad. You shouldn't do this. But as I got into the vineyard more, they started calling out leadership in me. So I had several guys, pastors, Rich, Rich being one of them, um, Eric Kickerel being another one on our staff here, just telling me, you can do this, and I believe in you. Actually, um, Mark from Blue Root Vineyard was one of the first people that pulled me aside and said, I see leadership on your life, and you should do this. And so I, I have these three really influential guys in my life, pastors, mentors, saying you can do it, and that was when I first started considering maybe I can, and I, I really dug into the scriptures and with help from some other people got to, got to a place where I thought, yeah, I think I can do this, but it was still just a long process for me, right? Cause I'm doubting myself all the time and sort of trying to come back into my own after I had been through these few years of thinking, I can't do this. Now I had to grow back into who God made me to be. And so I wouldn't say it was until like my mid to late twenties, really late 20s where I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And it wasn't until my early 30s that I said, I must do this. God is calling me to pastor. And that, I didn't settle it till you know, I was probably 32. What does your role uh, within your Columbus look like now? So right now, I'm. We have 
seven ministries overall, and I'm one of those seven ministry leaders. So I, I'm getting to be in a, a senior leadership role, which I'm the only woman of those seven, so that's challenging. Um, I'm also the youngest, so that's also challenging. But I, I'm really learning a lot. So my role is specifically called community life pastor, so I'm over all of our ministries that have to do with community life, which is the big part of it is our small group ministry, but then a lot of it is our material, discipleship material that we give to those, how we develop leaders, um, our singles ministry, men's ministry, singles, uh, I said singles, women's ministry, uh, all those ministries kind of fall under community life. So I'm getting to oversee a great team of people um, who are pulling that off every week. What do you do in those moments uh, as you're kind of like, looking at everything that's on your desk, everything that's on, on your workload, where that question mark or that doubt or that, like, uh, uh, God, are you sure that this is for me? Like, what do you do with that? How do you handle that and process it? Yeah, I think the most challenging thing is being being a woman, a female, in a role that is largely held by men. So the definition of what it looks like to be a great pastor and a great manager or leader it's often male, especially in that church context. So if I go to, like, an event, that's, especially if it's an ecumenical event where I'm going with other churches, I, people are often questioning me. So I, I have to deal with that. I mean, I did. A, I was doing a funeral one time, and I had a guy come up to me saying, what are your qualifications for doing this? And, I, you know, I have to give an account right there. Here's my qualifications and, you know, kind of defend where I'm coming from. And, and that's just – that's it is challenging. It's kind of disheartening. Um, figuring out how to be myself as a woman and also as who I am personally. I'm not reflective of all women, but how can I be myself and fit in this context where it's mostly male or those qualities are more male-ish qualities? I don't even think it's helpful to assign genders to different qualities, but um, I probably just deal with a lot of self-doubt when I think I'm not doing a great job as a manager right now. And is that because I'm a female trying to manage, you know, a lot of guys right now? Is that part of the problem? Or, you know, you just deal with those moments all the time. And I just have to keep going back to the Lord. Like, who have you called me to be? What have you called me to do? And, um, yeah, it's, it's just a constant cycle of returning to, to him for his voice in my life. I'm thankful for that, that you continue to listen to the voice and the affirmation and the calling of God on your life as a leader and a pastor. And uh, certainly that's had uh, an impact on many folks who were at CauseCon. What would you say to maybe a uh, a young lady or uh, just in general to anyone who was at the conference and is kind of feeling that stirring and kind of having that thought of like, that could be me. You know, the idea here with the CauseCon podcast uh, after the conference is to go from a catalytic event to a continual process to make this more than just a conference, more than just a weekend, uh, but really a lifelong process of of uh, partnering with God and his mission in the world and his calling on our lives. What would you say to someone who's just kind of feeling that stirring of, hey, that could be me? I would, for, for women specifically, um, there is a little bit of a challenge 
and again, this is a general thing, so not all women are like this, but there's a challenge of communication. And um, you can read about this in lots of different books. Um, there's great books out there that help, like The Loudest Duck or um, Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. You know, there's these these ways that women, um, we, we sell ourselves short. And we often, when we're asked, hey, do you see yourself planting a church in five years? Women, my in my experience, often say, well, you know, I could see myself doing that, or I could see myself doing something else, or I could, I wouldn't have to be the lead pastor of something. I could be on a team. Um, we're just naturally, in, to generalize, more collaborative, um, just more willing to uh, not be in charge. And um, sometimes that just gets heard by guys in leadership, or especially in the boomer generation, as not being assertive enough, or not being willing to lead, not being willing to step out there. And I don't think that's what most women are communicating. I think most women are actually communicating, I am willing. I'm just like, I don't have to be the number one person. And that's actually a really valuable thing. People that are good at collaboration, good at building team, we need more pastors like that. So sometimes as a woman, you have to help them help you and just define for them in their language. Um, yes, I do feel there was call. I want to do this. Um, and kind of express that more clearly and then for guys whether you're guy young guy who's just starting out or guys in leadership you know just being encouraging speaking that out when you see women who have that calling or gifting like you can say this this is like legit you are a great leader um i think that's a really helpful place to start and then just being willing to show up like if you're in your 20s and you feel called to ministry just show up and start doing something. Don't wait for a role. Don't wait for some job opening. Um, you know, even if you're like in the mid-year, you're like, oh, I want to do HLI in six months. Okay, great. But what are you going to do now? Just start doing something. Go start trying to minister to internationals in your community or go start working with at-risk youth or just ask your pastor, what can I do? You know, just being willing to put your hand to something, whatever it might be, and just get started somewhere. I mean, do you have any other thoughts? Is there anything that you wanted to say to, like, our whole audience? If I had to say anything, it would just be an encouragement to um, to women especially and people of color that are that are in our movement that um, we want to reflect the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, of God is diverse. It's diverse, unique voices coming together. And honestly, there's nowhere else that this has happened. It's this group against that group. And I just hope and and pray that the church, especially the vineyard, could be a place where we really see kingdom diversity, where we are genuinely listening and being willing to hear another person's experience and just say, I believe you. I just believe you as a woman that you experienced, like what Michael Gatlin talked about, his wife experiencing when she preached how people would walk out and he at first he didn't believe her and then he just saw it happen and he just believed her. You know, that's I hear people of color say that all the time. And we just want white people to believe what we say, that it really happens. That we can just believe each other and listen and make room for each other and you know, not to feel threatened, especially if you're in a majority or a privileged position. Like that's there's just an opportunity for you to be like Jesus and to just empower and empty yourself and um, just be like Jesus and how you lead. So I, I guess that's what I would hope for coming out of this as a generation of people that would would make our our movement look more like the kingdom of God. Amanda, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for uh, being obedient to God's spirit and just stepping up and, and saying the things that he's put on your heart. 
been great to have you on the show here today. Thanks. And Matt, I would just mention if, if people are interested in having resources like um, some of the research that I've done, there's a lot of papers out there, a lot of books that are helpful. Um, we have in the Vineyards, the Women in Leadership Network, there's a Facebook page called One in Christ. Um, so that's a place you can go for resources. Or people can feel free to email me, amanda.nash at vineyardcolumbus.org, or tweet me, and I can, I'd be happy to share any resources I have if people are looking for some practical help. Well, we hope that the CauseCon podcast is a tool that's helping you take this catalytic event from Kansas City and help it become a continual process of partnering with God and His mission in the world. And so we hope that uh, you're able to connect with us. We uh, love connecting on social media. You can use that hashtag, cause to live for, hashtag cause to live for on any of the different social media platforms. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to resource you and pray for you and just hear what God is doing in your life as you continue to uh, flesh out the things that God is doing in your heart and the things that he is asking and calling you to be a part of. Hey, if you haven't had a chance to see all the talks from uh, Kansas City, they are live now on causeconference.com. Check out causeconference.com. You can see all the talks there. There's some follow-up material and, of course, our monthly podcast. Join us next month as we uh, visit with Vineyard Worship and hear about some of their upcoming projects. We're really excited about those, and we'll see you here next month on the CauseCon podcast. Take care.